0: SMS SAFM Now on 41391 Late Night Conversations Monday to Thursday 10pm till midnight S.A.F.M. 104 to 107 nationwide leading the conversation and on DSTV channel 814. This is Late Night Conversations. My name is Patricia Nduli. It's half past 10 right now. And I'd like to remind you, A-team, is that unfortunately you cannot send us uh, voice messages or um, WhatsApps or even SMSs because our lines are down. However, you can uh, call us on 011-714-2006 or 011 714 4045 as we discuss issues around gender-based violence and some initiatives that have been great that uh, have ever come up in 2020 to assist victims and those who need shelter. Talking to us uh, right now uh, from the National Shelter Movement of South Africa which is a 24-hour toll-free shelter helpline is Fisani Maslangu, who's the executive member of the National Shelter Movement of South Africa. Fisani thank 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 you very much for joining us. Thank you, uh, Patricia. How are you? I'm excellent, and how are you, Fisan? I'm good, and it's a pleasure to be with you tonight. Tell us more about um, the launch of the National Shelter Movement of South Africa's 24-hour toll-free shelter helpline that was launched today.
1: Um, The launch was actually yesterday in Cape Town. Um then today the lines went off went live at eight AM. Okay. So the National Shelter Movement, a non profit, um specializing in issues of gender based violence and sheltering for abused women and children in the country. Um established with the support of the in the generosity of the Sport Foundation. We set up and established a twenty four hour toll free shelter helpline. And it was launched yesterday, and it is working effective today, the 2nd of
0: December 2020. So it went live today. And what what is the objective uh, for this particular line? I understand it's for shelter, but um, are there specific people that you you assist? Because I am aware that um, you say women and other victims of domestic violence are, in South Africa are the ones who are the beneficiaries.
1: Yes. Um, remember what we, our sector deals with sheltering issues. So the line is set up so that if a caller or a woman or a victim who is in a situation of violence and wants to escape to a safer space will call the toll-free line and be able to be placed or be referred or informed that this is the nearest shelter closest to you. Because from the researches that have been conducted previously, a number of them we've done, uh, partnered in researches with the Hendrick Ball Foundation, with the Department of Social Development, and it is coming up now and time and again that if you ask a woman who has been in a shelter, how will you get here, they will tell you that, actually, I got to find out about the shelter when police brought me to the shelter. Otherwise, before that, I never knew there was something called a shelter. So our... Our um, idea, our desire is to ensure that women or victims or anyone who becomes a victim of domestic violence or any violent crime and wants to escape that environment, they can be able to, um, to access a shelter without struggling or without maybe even considering staying in that environment, thinking there are no facilities to assist them.
0: Fisani, in South Africa, do you feel we have um, enough shelters to be able to to house victims?
1: I would say we have enough, although, yeah, I would say we have enough and we do not have enough. Uh, there is one thing that is because currently on our, the our, our register at the National Shelter Movement, we have about 92 shelters. 92 shelters, and if you look at them, they are not even spread in the urban and the rural areas we find more of our shelters in the country are concentrated in the urban centers, urban cities. There are rural areas that are far-flung, all over, uh, where a woman would have to travel long distances to get to shelters. So we have shelters, but they are not even uh, uh, spaced such that you, a, a woman in a rural setting will easily access that a shelter. they have to travel distances. I will use an example of a Northern Cape, where there are instances where a woman has to travel over 500 kilometers to access a shelter. So I cannot say we have enough, because a woman will actually decide to say, but I'm now moving so far away from the environment that I'm used to. Rather, I remain in this situation. So we not have enough. There is a need to establish more although with what we have currently in the country, women can still find themselves in safe spaces, although there will be those distances uh, to take into consideration.
0: We are aware that when it comes to things like uh, domestic violence, uh, victims are not only just women and children, but sometimes even elderly men and women. Do these shelters, Mm -hmm. uh, 92 shelters that you have within your books, cater for the elderly as well? I
1: would say... Uh, one has to remember, then uh, Patricia, that services within the Department of Social Development are separated. They are facilities for the elderly. However, if an elderly woman, let say, gets raped or is violated in a in a particular area right now, a shelter would not say no. But you are old; we cannot take you. The woman would be accommodated in the shelter. Then the following day, a social worker is going to make means to conduct a person specializing in elderly abuse,
0: to take the woman and then be able to place them in an old age home. Mm. We are talking to Fisani uh, Maslangu, who is the executive member of the National Shelter Movement of South Africa, and uh, we are talking about a beautiful initiative that they have launched uh, yesterday, but uh, went live today, being the 2nd of December, and that is their national uh, call center and uh, it's a beautiful initiative but i'd love to hear from you a teamers if you feel that you know this is one of those services that we've been waiting for in south africa would it be uh, an answer to some of the woes that people who are facing domestic violence are encountering i've got reggie on the line good evening reggie yes ma'am good evening
1: and how are you a, ju- ju- Yes, i'm fine ma'am just on a comment on a small situation here yeah, about this gvp because but I think even uh,
0: women, they get so hurt because of the government. Because let's say I'm a president, I'm letting women to sell their bodies. But instead of giving them support, uh, making sure that they are getting the, the, the profits that they need in their lives to be independent. <laughs> Okay, it seems we've lost Reggie. Uh, Ben will try and get hold of him again so we can hear his point there. Uh, Fisane, when we are talking about your toll-free, your your call centre, is it toll-free or is it a shared uh, call? Is it toll-free number? Uh, My my understanding is that currently this 24-hour call centre is um, operated by three experienced social workers. Now, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the number, three experienced social workers. I'm glad they experienced, but only three people? With the amount of violence in our country, do you think that you will not be over-inundated uh, in the call centre? Uh,
1: I would say, uh, remember, it is the first time that the National Centre Movement has taken such an initiative, so we want to first try out and see how it is going to work out at this moment. We're also in the process of learning, but one has to start somewhere and then improve as we go. So we're going to be monitoring how the uptake is and then how the logistics uh, move around in the, in the uh, call center. And then we're going to be improving as we go along.
0: And how would you deal with issues of language barrier? Because we are aware that South Africa has 11 official languages. And... Uh, I mean, someone who who speaks Sitswana might not necessarily understand Sikosa. Um How would you deal with those?
1: Yes, uh, we, we anticipate that we are likely to face such challenges, but we will be learning and we'll be documenting such experiences we go along and then improve on them as we as we meet such.
0: So currently, at the
1: moment, I, I, yes, currently we have. Um, uh, people speak on at a call center, they speak Isitosa, Isizulu, okay, let me just say the, the Nguni languages, the four of them. Uh, the Tosa speaking can take the form and then you've got a person who speaks um, uh, Africans and English. So as we move along, we'll be able to document the experiences as they come, because the idea here is to establish and begin to document lessons that we learn from establishing such kind of a
0: service. <laughs> Perhaps take me through uh, and, uh, what the process is of getting into a shelter. A person picks up the call center uh, line and, and uh, speaks to one of your experienced social workers and, and declares that they're experiencing um, some sort of violence in the home and they're no longer safe. Then what happens?
1: Um, the, the woman or whoever the team is will be informed of the nearest shelter that is closest to them and safest for them. And then they will respond or they will state if they are able to get to the shelter on their own. If they cannot get to the shelter on their own, then the call center is going to be able to assist the woman. With, mm-hmm. We have got some partnerships. Uh, firstly, um, currently as we speak, many of the victims who end up in shelters are transported by the police. So the, 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 the person working at the call center is going to be able to see if a woman says, I cannot get to the shelter myself we will first establish if it is safer for police to come in and extract the woman. And if she says I ca- they cannot come into my home, there have to be ways that are going to be discussed if maybe another mode of transport can be arranged or if shelter itself, shelter staff can be requested from where they are to actually come to the site where there is a victim and pick them up. With other uh, means that we are actually discussing now as to whether also shelters are able to... Assist with transport, other modes of transport, because we have partnerships with Uber in some uh, cities where Uber is in operation. We can also find out if a man can actually want to be transported uh, using an Uber service to a nearest shelter. So if we're looking at a number of alternatives to be able to assist women to get out of their at
0: this same situation. This is, this is beautiful to know that uh, you as an organization, the National Shelter Movement of South Africa, have these great partnerships. But one of the partnerships that has always been in, in, in question, not the partnership per se, but the operation of the police. Yeah. Um, I mm-hmm. mean, yes, they're a great partner and they are law enforcement, but with, mm-hmm. with experience, we've heard that the police are not really well versed to deal with domestic violence. So, so how do you ensure that the police that you work with are, are are fast and prompt to go and and rescue and collect the victim that has called into your call center, and they also don't get patronized uh, en route to the shelter? I
1: would I would not want us to paint a, every a police a, a station or every police officer with one brush. There are some instances, some pockets in the country where police are offering a quality service. They respond very swiftly to issues of violence. However, yes, there are some areas where a woman would struggle to get help even if she is at the police station physically. But I think shelters and the people working in the sheltering space also have got a responsibility of continuously engaging with police where they are uh, especially where they are near to shelters to say. Inform everyone at the station, from the most junior to the senior person, that there is this service. It is a responsibility of everyone. Remember, gender-based violence is not only a police business, it's not only a family business, but it is everyone in the community. So where there is a police station in the shelter nearer, it is a responsibility of the shelter staff to have the relationship with the police station to say we are a shelter and we're offering these kinds of services. So if we, need, if we meet women or we are in need, let us have that uh, working understanding, let us have that working relationship to say, we will be able to, when we call you and for backup or for assistance, please provide a service for us. So it is a, a continuous effort. It is not just going to happen over overnight, but as we continuously engage each other, we'll be able to offer a better service for the safety of women and children who become victims among them.
0: We are talking to uh, Fisani Malangu, executive member of uh, the National Shelter Movement of South Africa, and uh, we are talking about uh, the toll-free line for victims of domestic violence, which which can help them to get themselves into a shelter across the country. If you'd like to weigh in on the conversation, you can do so by dialing 011-714-2006, alternatively 011-714-4045. Fisani, in in relation to once a person has been taken by one of your partners or they've transported themselves to a shelter, what are the procedures within the shelter? Does a person just move in there? What if they want to, you know, escape with their children and uh, they they really don't have anywhere else to go? Is there a time frame that they can stay in a shelter for? And what is the initial procedure when they move in? Um,
1: There are procedures, yes. Uh, if a woman, let's say they call themselves and say they are a victim of abuse, obviously, it has to be established that there is victimization happening because there is going to be a few questions that uh, the calls and the staff are going to ask. But in general, it is not for somebody to say, "I'm not being abused when I'm saying I'm in danger so that is that has to be established when a woman has actually been taken out of the situation. but we try and do and do. Uh, precautionary measures to ensure that it is not just an abuse of a service. So if a woman is to come into a shelter and she says she wants to come in a sh- into a shelter with her children, yes, it, almost, I would say 98% of shelters in the country, they take women and their children. However, some will say up to a certain age, but in general, women and their children are taken into shelters. What uh, shelters exclude are children who are not accompanied by guardians or parents. So those ones belong in children's homes, not in shelters. And then the length of stay in shelters, in many instances, the minimum norms and standards set out by the Department of Social Development that governs the operations of shelters set out that a woman can stay up to a maximum of six months in a shelter. So during that time, this man is receiving a number of services that enable her to come out as a survivor of violence, no longer a victim.
0: Six months. Well, since there are programs, I'm sure the six months could be one that uh, can really transform one's life. But then what happens to, to uh, the perpetrator of this domestic violence? Uh, because as much as you, you want to feel safe because you're in a shelter and you and your children are now away from the violent uh, environment, but sometimes the, 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 the feeling of safety is not there if you know that your perpetrator is still roaming the streets.
1: I totally agree with you on that. Remember, um, services within the Department of Social Development, I won't be speaking as an expert in the department, but I was speaking on the sheltering side and the gender-based violence and victim empowerment program where I work in, which is a sector segment that I work in. There are perpetrator programs. There are men and boys programs that are in that. However, it is not um, the responsibility of a shelter only. To also render those services that department of social development and other non-profit organizations are set up to provide services to men and boys so in some instances a shelter can uh, provide services to a couple or to a family if the victim says we need a service as a family we need a service as a couple
0: hmm. and, and uh, in
1: that instance mm-hmm. it also depends also to and them it also depends on the nature of victimization that has been happening.
0: How so? How so uh, let mm-hmm. let's, let's just say if
1: uh, the victimization has led to a man being taken into custody and end up being charged, there is no way a shelter can provide a service to such a perpetrator mm-hmm. because obviously now belongs into another department which is the correctional services. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So by that, um, the shelter will only have to focus now on the women, on the woman and the children. Then the other department is going to focus on rendering services, uh, correctional services to the perpetrator. So it depends. Otherwise, if it's uh, maybe a one a abusive emotionally, uh, we cannot uh, find ourselves uh, speaking to each other in an, uh, a proper way at home that is conducive for raising children. In such instances, then she will also request that maybe we can have joint sessions, a family counseling sessions with my partner, and then those can be arranged maybe within the shelter or an external uh, office. It can be social development or another NPO, there is FAMSA, the CMR, there are so many. So the shelters, the non-profit organizations, rendering shelter and services do not work in isolation but they work in partnership with other organizations who can then provide services to partners or to families.
0: Let's look at your victim empowerment programs that you are part of. How, how do victims then become empowered once they have been removed safely from the, 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 the violent environment? How do women become empowered? Yes, because you said you run victim empowerment programs. So tell us about those. Yes. yes.
1: Um, from the moment a woman comes into a shelter, empowerment begins, where um, a woman is provided uh, with psychosocial services, which include counseling in there, which include um Life skills programs, because a social worker will have to do an assessment of this one to find out what are the needs, what are the problems, what is the environment where this woman is coming from, what are the health issues that can be at play, what is the home circumstances of this family. And then out of that assessment, then you you work together with the, with the woman to, say, uh, to look at what, uh, services are required and what services will be within reach uh, that can be provided by a social worker within the shelter. So empowerment will involve from from basics such as counselling to life skills and in some instances even economic empowerment where a woman will undergo some skills although these ones vary from one organisation to another because there is no package that um, applies across the country in all shelters so you find that in one shelter they are taught um, how to do dressmaking whereas in another sector they are taught how to do beadwork in another sector they are taught how to make a a basic thing such as a a cv and go out to to seek employment other in other uh, sectors shelters you find that the Actually, have got some funding, a fundraise, to ensure that they take women through some courses that enable them to go out and look for jobs.
0: Wow, a lot of great work that has been done, and I'm sure a lot of uh, victims of uh, violence, domestic violence and abuse, are listening and are saying, My goodness, how do I contact this uh, um, national call center? Uh, please give us the contact details and if there's an SMS line or even a website or email address that women can be able to contact you should they be experiencing domestic violence. Okay, the, the, the toll
1: free number is 0800. we also have got a a WhatsApp or a please call me number, numbers actually, and one is 082-057-8600, the other one is 082-058-2215, and the last one is 072-230-7147.
0: So any of these numbers can be utilized for people to uh, mm-hmm. contact you. Is there a website or even an email address, perhaps? Yes, we can be found also at the National
1: Shelter Movement on the website, SA. And Yes, Excellent. we are available on the website. And then on our website, you find a wide variety of information ranging from the research that has that been conducted to the list of shelters that we have on our register. And also the contact numbers because we have a shelter in the, conduct, in the contact person and the contact number only.
0: Actually, before I let you go, uh, Fisani, our women who are um, employed um, gainfully. Able to uh, move into a shelter. I ask this question purely because it seemed like from the victim empowerment programs, um, it, it it's it's aimed at women. The, the the empowerment is aimed at women who might not have jobs and need skills. Um, so if you find yourself as a professional woman, you've got a job a nine to five, but you still require these services of uh, being moved into a shelter. Is it a, is it possible? Yes, it is. Okay, there are professional women who
1: have been uh, through shelters. Mm-hmm. It is not a matter of being againfully employed or earning a salary. Okay? Any woman can be a victim of abuse and needs. Remember, shelters are safe spaces where women hide from their abusers or run away from abusers at times. So sometimes you can be employed, but then there is no time for you to, to look for a place to stay. Mm-hmm. So then a shelter will be the next safest where you can be whilst then you are getting on your feet looking for your own space to stay.
0: Excellent, thank you so for clear- anyone
1: who's welcome into our shelter.
0: Thank you for clarifying that and uh, um, more strength to your bow hopefully in the near future there'll be, you know, a bigger and uh, better um, in terms of your manpower at the call centre and we'll have some great mm-hmm. testimonies. Thank you very much, Fasan. Thanks
1: so much, Patricia.